Well, hey, my name's Jim. I'm with CGC Sports Illustrated, and this is our first, um, and what I hope will end up being a series of what I, I'm calling Collector's Roundtable, which is really kind of a crappy name, but it's the best thing I can think of. So I got a bunch of people here that are all integrated magazines, specifically Sports Illustrated. Um, got some questions, and we're just going to talk for a little bit. I'm going to start off uh, by going, going around the group with a quick little show and tell about what your name is and, uh, and an issue you want to show off either graded or raw for whatever reason. So I'll start again. My name's Jim. Um, I think you guys have heard me. Uh, I've talked about this in some of my videos before. This is my absolute favorite issue I have. This is Michael Jordan's. Um, this is right after the Bulls beat the Blazers to win their second NBA championship. Not only is it a 9.8 Jordan, that's obviously huge for me, but this issue my mom actually bought. In 1992, she bought it at the grocery store. She used to do that for me. I stuck it in a box for 25 years and um, and pulled it out and ended up popping a 9.8. So um, that's mine. I wanted to show everybody. Who's next? Somebody else get us going here. Hey, I'll jump in. Uh, Rick Ellsmore. I'm in New Hampshire. Been collecting uh, sports memorabilia and cards uh, since 1971. Have numerous issues at CGC for about seven months, and my next one to go in is going to be this uh, oddball 1937 who's who in baseball with Lou Gehrig on the cover. Very cool. That looks like a smaller form factor on that. Yeah, I, I like that is. a lot. Awesome, Rick. Who's next? <clears throat> I'm hey, John. I'm John Wiley. I am of uh, SI Blogger fame. If you guys, if anybody wants to take a look at my blog, send me a note. I'll put you on the distribution list. And that's my claim to fame. Cool. You got something to show us, John, or not today? Well, I, I have about a thousand around here. I didn't have anything to show, but as long as you're doing a Jordan 9.8, I'll do a Jordan 9.8 too. Very nice. The Chicago fire issue. I love that one. Very cool. <laughs> Great. Who's next? Hey, guys, I'll go next. My name's Thomas Eddy. Um, I've been collecting Sports Illustrated mostly since 1997, first covers. I actually don't have any graded yet. I've got a lot of autograph covers, but I'm really looking to learn more about that. And I've also kind of done something with pro football, something that I'll just show off is I've done a lot of Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, publication covers. So Hall of Fame game, game day, get them autographed by the guys on the cover. It's just kind of something cool that I like to show off. I love that, Tom. That's great. I've really been getting into a lot more game programs and stuff like that lately, too. Um, yeah, thanks. Love, love that. All right. Anyone else? Got somebody else uh, next? I'm Adam. I live in Los Angeles, and I grade a lot of Sports Illustrated, but I also grade some slams. And this is a 9.8 Luca. I got him getting into some slam magazines. I actually got the first Jordan cover uh, in a slam, uh, too, at a 9.6. That's so. awesome. I, I love that. I had that Luca. I've got that Luca at a 9.6. Um, and I, ha I've had a, I think I've got a couple more at CGC, but I don't think they'll be 9.8s. So those slams are very condition sensitive. And very, as you know, Adam, you and I have talked yeah. about this before. It's tough to pop a 9.8 in those slams. Really tough. Yeah, really yeah. tough. Uh, who's next? Hey, this is George. I'm also living in Los Angeles like Adam. Uh, I've collected on and off. Uh, I was uh, in sports cards, but then I transitioned. The last two years, I've been collecting SIs mostly. Uh, and I have a lot of beasts with CGC, but here's a 
there's an older issue of Billy Martin. Oh, nice. You can see it. Yeah. Nice. Love it, George. Don't see that issue, that Billy Martin issue too much. See a lot of his first cover. I think that's his second or third cover. So uh, I like seeing the ones that, uh, that we don't normally see that often. Um, anybody else uh, got something they want to show off? Yeah, I'll go. My name's Bradley. I'm from Southern Illinois near Carbondale. Just got in this about four months ago, stumbled onto Jim's YouTube channel, watched it religiously. I've been addicted since then. So one I'll show off is I've only got six slabs right now. I've got a bunch in CGC, but I've got this Kobe from 2008. Um, it's a 9.2. I love it. He's my favorite athlete. I love the yellow color match. Um, it is a regional variant, one of six that week. And uh, it's the highest graded in the world at 9.2. So I like that one. That is awesome. And you're right. I love those regional variants and that one, especially because there were six distributed that week, which makes each single one more rare, um, much more rare. Um, anybody uh, still left that wants to go and show something off? I can, <clears throat> I can go, Murph. I think you're muted. Alex, why don't you jump in if you've got something and hopefully Murph okay. will give you a button. So, yeah, my name's Alex. Um, I stumbled on, Jim, I stumbled on your YouTube channel. First got into sports cards and kind of transitioned over to magazines. I know this one. Uh, it's close home to you, Jim. It's, it's the definition of a one-up. This is the, oh. the Peyton 7.5. Um, so from one band, Bears fan to another, I thought I'd, I'd share that one. So that's what I got today. Awesome. You know, I got the mad love for the Chicago sports teams. That one is, I think there are, I, Alex, I think there are five, five. And I just got yeah. the one. Um, yeah, I saw that my last video where it's a 4.0. That's, that's a impossible, impossible issue to find a new stand. What's the highest graded of that one? I think there's one 9.0. Oh, wow. I think that sounds about right. Murph, did you got something you wanted to show? Yeah, sure. Uh, now that I'm unmuted. Uh, I'm from Massachusetts myself, um, big Boston fan. I had two graded slabs. Now I only have one. Recently sold one on eBay. You guys can check it out. Um, that's it right here. I got the goat, the Patriot goat right there. Yeah. Uh, this is the amazing cover. This is came in at a 9.4. Um, pretty happy with this one. I know we might have a little debate over the natural versus the amazing cover later on. So I'll save my thoughts to that. Awesome. Love those comics on the wall in the background. Um, anybody else got something they want to show off before we dig into our, uh, our agenda here? Well, good, because that's a perfect segue, Murph, because we're going to talk about the Tom Brady stuff right now. So I get this question. I'll do a little bit of setup. I get this question um, fairly frequently, um, and I get a lot of questions from a lot of people, which is great. I, my DMs are always open. But there's a lot of debate over, over first issues that can kind of – be a little ambiguous. And I think the Tom Brady issues are the most asked about because for those that don't know the technically the first Tom Brady issue is the one that Murph just showed us there. And that was the, what was an SI presents. And so SI presents is what they call their commemorative issues for like Super Bowls and world series wins. It is not part of the normal weekly distribution. If you're a subscriber to sports illustrated, you don't get that mailed to you. You have to go buy that off the uh, newsstand. And so Tom Brady Amazing, SI Presents, came out in February 2002. Then in April 2002, two months later, The Natural came out. That was a weekly issue, part of the normal 
weekly run that Sports Illustrated did. If you subscribe to it, it showed up in your mailbox and all that sort of stuff. So people message me all the time and say, you know what? You know, which one is is more collectible? Which one's his rookie? Which one counts? Which one doesn't? And I guess it really doesn't matter which one his rookie is. So I want to, I want to, because all that matters is really which one is more collectible. I mean, you can use the 52 Mickey Mantle as an example. There was a 51 Bowman that's technically Mickey Mantle's rookie card, yet everybody wants the 52 Tops card. So based on, so, so it's really what's, what's the first one in this specific instance can be not as relevant. But if anybody has thoughts on this as to which one they think is more collectible, um, I'd love to hear it because it's, it's a debate that's raging in the hobby. Well, yeah, I think, I think the market has decided, the, the, the community has decided as to what issue they want for Tom Brady. And um, you could have, for example, I could have a variant comic book, but that's just a variant. But the regular issue is the one that most people are going to gravitate. This this debate goes on in the comic book world all the time. Well, I don't know if it does it in the sports world, but I chose to keep this one because it's the cooler cover, in my opinion. That's that's you know the reason why the money book. I want to say is the natural. I, I don't know where this one falls in line when it comes to um, you know the, you know the Brady cover, um, but the market I think has dictated that the natural is the one that they want. Great point. There's a reason, there's a reason for that. And that is the natural is much more difficult to find than the amazing. Um, I think if it was the other way around, you'd probably find that the amazing was more collectible, but I would agree with that, John. Absolutely. I would think that if you went to a Barnes and Noble to pick up your SI they might have 10 or 15 copies of that natural book where a commemorative issue, they probably had 50 or so on the rack at one point. For a number of months too, you know, that's Correct. available for a long time. Yeah. I, I, think another, I think another factor is too, people buy the commemorative issues to save. It's why they're called commemorative issues, because people kind of buy them and hold on to them when the natural issue was probably used as a magazine. It was read. It was beat up. And when you were done with it, you threw it in the trash. And to your point, um, John, um, I pulled the pop reports and Murph, thanks for shooting me a note about that, because I think it's relevant to the conversation. So here are the, the, the pop reports on the amazing issue are there are 15 9.8s, there are 26 9.6s and 29 9.4s. The natural six 9.8s, 17 9.6s, and nine 9.4s. So there's certainly a lot more population in Amazing out there. And if you guys missed it, a 9.8 Amazing sold on Heritage two, three months ago, I think. Um, and I, th- I think it went for about $15,000, $16,000. That was mine. Yeah, was that yours? Good. Uh, and that was, that was a, a nice sale, a nice number. Um, six months ago, it would have been the highest price ever paid for a graded Sports Illustrated magazine. Um, that that record keeps getting broken on a regular basis, it seems. And you know, my guess is, you know, if if the if a nine eight amazing came up for auction today at Heritage, it would certainly beat that that nine eight. Um, or if a nine eight the natural came up, it would certainly beat that nine eight. Wow, that's a crazy number. If I can so Jim, a second. Yeah, I think one thing you're going to see is as more and more people cross over from the sports cards into the SIs, they're going to bring over that Topps flagship mentality of the rookie logo. So I think we're also going to see the same situation occurring with first pro cover versus collegiate covers. 
and you're going to kind of, I know it's totally different than the commemorative versus the newsstand issue, but I think you're also going to see people sitting there as at the first professional versus the first collegiate. And that's going to be an sports card crossover mentality. Um, personally, I just think first cover is first cover, uh, whether it's collegiate, whether it's professional. But, uh, what, what, is, what does everybody think on that? I've always thought first cover is first cover. You know, uh, Ray Lewis has a first cover that's a commemorative issue for when they won the Super Bowl. You know, so I, I think that's somebody else that kind of figures into that. Um, you know, Brian Greasy's first cover, Michigan cover, you know, so Peyton um, there's a, a lot of a lot of crossovers in there. But I think the big thing and we talked about it is number of issues that are available. Those newsstand issues are so hard to find. There's so many subscription issues that just, you know, aren't appealing. Um, I think that's what makes the natural really something special. You know, one comparison that I like to make with the sports cards is for the majority of the big athletes, they have multiple rookie cards out there. You know, you may have an upper deck, you may have a tops. Now I understand that's not always the case for some of the vintage guys that maybe legitimately do only have one, but for many of the big athletes, they have multiple rookie cards. And I think that's one of the cool and unique things about the sports illustrated is usually there's one first cover. That's it. You're not going to have multiple, but with the Brady, it's kind of an interesting case. And to me, I think there's room for both of them. I think there's room for both of them to be extremely collectible. Um, and I honestly, I do agree that the natural is probably a little rarer and harder to find, but to me, they're both up there as far as, uh, you know, top echelon, most collectible issues to have. Mm, I like that point, Bradley. Yep. That, that was really well, cool. If you, if you have both, I promise you, you'll get hit on the, on the natural way before and way more than the amazing. Yeah, I bet that natural, if it was in heritage, would sell for 30 plus. So I wanted to mention about selling prices. This is something that J Jim had mentioned that we might want to talk about um, uh, selling prices. And the, the thing that I feel is important and lacking in our hobby right now. And the thing that's holding back selling prices, like we, we, the Gretzky went for $30,000 and that really was an, an anomaly. But all we know about is what comes up in public auction. Now I've sold a ton of magazines over the last five or 10 years, 95% of them are private sales. And no one knows. No one knows whether somebody's paying fifty thousand, or a hundred thousand, or ten thousand, or two thousand. The only thing we know is what we see on Heritage. So until somebody decides that they want to sell one of these big, one of these big issues, and I'm talking about maybe that nine nine oh mantle that you mentioned is coming up on Heritage. Maybe that's it. But we need a couple of big issues to show the public what people are really paying for these. And the problem is the people that I sell to aren't selling. They're keeping. Yeah, and that, that's a, that is a um, – <clears throat> I mean, that's certainly an issue, John. I mean, I do plenty of private sales as well. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the big issues are held by – I mean, there's one 9.6 Jordan. The guy that owns that's not selling it. 
Um, you know, there's two 9.6 Ali first covers. Those people are not selling those. Um, you know, I talked, you know, before this call started, we talked about a guy who's got the 9.8 Jordan first pro cover and the 9.8 Olympic Jordan cover. He's not selling those issues. Um, so it does kind of hold the hobby back a bit. Let's, let's kind of transition that into pricing for everything. I get people that, that DM me on the regular that say things like, you know, where do you find comps on this? And because eBay sales only go back 90 days, um, and, 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 and I'm talking about comps for just regular issues that may be, you know, two, three, four hundred dollars. Anybody have thoughts on that? How, do, does this hobby need a pricing guide? And when I say pricing guide, I don't mean like the old Beckett and stuff like that. I mean, like something like Go Collect does for comics, where it is a price guide that tracks actual public sales and the date of the sale and the location of the sale and the grade and all that sort of stuff, not just what somebody thinks it sells. Any, anybody you know, have to jump in on that topic? Yeah. In order for it to really take off and to get more and more folks involved in this hobby, a price analysis report, uh, comics have a GPA or a go yeah. collect or, or something else needs to be there. I mean, you can go on eBay all day long and just say, you know, Sports Illustrated CGC and just filter through sold prices and see what has happened a little bit. Or if you're looking at just regular what's for sale, say on eBay, I don't know if people are just throwing poop on the wall and seeing if it will stick somewhere or either are these legit, like, you know, just say the Brady went up at a nine, eight and somebody wanted 10 grand for it. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if somebody's just asking, like, why not? Let's ask for it, you know, that type of thing. I don't, there's nothing for me to gauge. I listen to you, Jim, <laughs> you know, that's all I, you know, I, I, I that's all I got. I, I got nothing. I think uh, once more people come in, we're still in the beginning to me of, of this collecting. Um, once we get, you know, there's, if like if we had a meeting and we had a hundred people in this meeting, that would be a different story. We got eleven, uh, so I still think there's a lot to be said. I think a lot of people throw prices on their books on eBay and just hope somebody will pay that. And I I, I see a lot of uh, prices on eBay that are unrealistic, to be honest. Mm. And it's like I don't know if you're going to ever sell that uh, thing, but good luck to you. Sure. And I think, I think you see that in sports cards a lot and well in all collectibles. But I think the yeah. challenge in our hobby is we, we don't have the level of velocity of sales that sports card has. You know, if I want to know what a Nolan Ryan rookie card at PSA 8 goes for, I can pull that up and I can see, you know, there's going to be a lot of transactions for that. And I can kind of gauge where the market is on that because this is well, it's certainly a fast growing hobby, still small. Um, you know, I can't see what the last sale was for Larry Bird's first cover from 77 in any grade. Yeah, I think a lot of best, there's a lot of best offer accepted too on a lot of those on eBay sales. So you really don't know what they're actually selling for. Well, and to that, I wanted to make a point there. Uh, 130point.com, if you guys have not used that, you can search sold sales and it will actually show you what a best offer was accepted for. That's a really commonly used site for sports cards and I've tried it and you can find any of the CGC sales as well. So if you ever see a best offer accepted and you want to know what the actual price was, go to 130point.com and you can search it there. Oh, cool. Thank you. You can also list from highest to lowest and give you a range of where it's sold in between other 
books. The other concern too is if you had some sort of a VCP type, um, at, you know, vehicle, which VCP tracks all the eBay on auction house sales for sports cards, uh, the graded sports cards at least. If you had one of those still right now for, for VSIs, that's only tracking still. And as, as has been mentioned previously, it's only a small portion of the actual sales. Those are just the public sales on Heritage and, and a few that would be on eBay. The, the private sales have been going on, you know, between James and, 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 and the Wileys and, and, and everybody else out there, that still isn't being recorded. So you're going to have information, but it's not going to be accurate information. You'll have the last sale that may be 20,000, but you know, two other ones sold at 18 and 26. So if, if you guys are looking for some advice, um, Jim certainly puts across a pretty reputable face uh, when talking to him. I, I, I have, Three to four thousand feedbacks with not one negative feedback. I mean, if anybody wants to call me and they say, "Look, I've I've ha I have an offer of this. The guy wants a thousand. I'm not sure what it's worth. I'm more than happy to tell you what I think. Now that you know, you got to make up your own mind from there. But I can tell you whether or not you're you're getting taken to the cleaners or not. And I think Jim would probably do the same thing. Mm. I think it's important to have more community members in a, in a network to be able to bounce off ideas, just like in regular business, just like in your house. Um, you you got to ask questions. You got to see what's going on. Um, so, yeah, if I have you as someone I can lean on or, you know, John or, or Jim or anyone else in this chat right now, that's a fantastic thing. Fantastic. Yeah, and I, I think that, um, and John, I appreciate you saying that. You guys know I'm always available um, for anything I can do to help, and I get people that message me nearly daily um, with those questions. What I'm trying to think of is is the people that are on the the fringe of the hobby that buy a slab or two on eBay that just don't have confidence to sit here and say, am I overpaying if I pay 350 bucks for this? Um, and what can be done about that? And I'm not quite sure what there is. Hey guys, I want to move on because my Zoom timer is saying we've got eight and a half minutes left. So we're going to do a lightning round on the last two topics because I think they're really important to get them in. Autographs. I've talked a lot about this. You know, if you send an autograph issue into CGC, you're likely going to get a green label. You can request a downgrade and get a blue label. Um, I've found that you get downgraded anywhere from one to two full points for your autograph and your authentication sticker. Somebody jump in and tell me. Are, I, I've thought, especially, and you know, Murph, maybe you can speak on this in the comic book world, but from what I see in the comic book world, people hate the green label. They want to avoid that green label at all costs. And, and, and what, Murph, you start. What, what are your thoughts yeah. on it, it, it? Green labels are, are a kiss of death. Um, you know, I got a book right here. It's just a Beckett. It's Ray Bork. It's signed by Ray Bork. I, I met him in the in the parking lot over at, at training. I don't, I don't want to call it training camp. I don't know what the practice facility. I got that signed by Ray. I saw it. This is where I think CBCS is going to come into play here. I and think. Then let me then let me jump in here, Murph. For those that don't know, CBCS is another comic book grading company. They're owned by Beckett. They've announced that they're going to start grading magazines, and they will not have the uh, uber stringent rules for autographs that CGC has. So I've, I've dealt with CBCS multiple times. I've actually had books verified from comic book writers or artists or so forth. It's a little pricey at times. It can, I think it's like 30 bucks right now to um, on top of your group.